Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's special guest, Donald Robinson II, was born in Detroit, Michigan. He is a web developer and designer, audio and video producer, and content creator. He has extensive experience with computer technology and web development. Don transitioned into front-end web development and multimedia production after a fulfilling career in local government. He has experience building websites, refreshing and updating content, and creating new page layouts and templates using front-end technologies. Don works extensively to support startups, particularly tech companies, and building teams through vetting and headhunting. He's proud to be a part of the thriving Detroit tech ecosystem. Outside of his day-to-day, Don also teaches coding and technology to children and adults. His hope is that our children will get a foothold and access to becoming great technology creators and entrepreneurs so that they can gain valuable skills and opportunities and establish great career paths to lead better lives. Don, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know we're uh, newly acquainted friends here that we met at Bamboo a few weeks ago, but I just loved our conversation and wanted you on the podcast. So how's everything going? Great. Great. Thank you, Angela, so much. Likewise, never meet a friend I didn't meet at Bamboo. I mean, it really was a great meeting for us, and we had great conversation, and I really just feel like we definitely are friends now, so thank you. Of course, and really, because there's so many facets of what you do and what you offer, but kind of breaking it down, you worked for the city of Detroit for many years, but how did you transition from, I believe you worked in finance on the government side, but how did you kind of 180 into web development and all the craziness that you do now? Well, basically, I was tech aficionado probably most of my life and definitely adult life. And at the time, I was always involved in some aspect of technology at the job. I worked for City of Detroit for a little bit over 20 years. In 15 of those years, I was a budget analyst. And so what we did was we had a lot of technology we had to use to publish our budget documents that were open to the public every year. So we used like Adobe Acrobat and stuff like that. And then I got familiar with Microsoft Office over the years and stuff like that. I was just always in technology. And then I made the transition based on what my partners and I were doing. We built a website circa 2012, 2014, launched it in 2014. We were in the fork in the road where we wanted to know if we wanted to hire a developer or if we wanted to learn it ourselves. And so I started doing research on how to do web design and build websites. And I ran across Adobe with Dreamweaver. And because I was familiar with Adobe, I said, well, let me check it out. And once I went to their creative software website, I just fell in love with it. The more I learned, the more I wanted to learn, and it just spearheaded from there. But I've also dealt with programming and coding since I was a kid because I was a video kid. I was the generation that first started with uh, Atari and Commodore and all yes. the other stuff. Yeah. So I was begging my mom to get an Atari computer. And the main reason why I wanted it because it had more graphics like the arcade games like pac-man and the other ones and she told me yeah you, you can get it but you should learn a language and i thought it was a fair trade cool whatever i didn't care so once i learned what we call graphic design now it was kind of like that then with the basic language was really very just what it says basic but i bought a couple of books with my allowance and the stuff you could do you could change color on the screen stuff like that i thought that was really cool but After going into high school and stuff, I kind of got away from computer science because I majored that in college and didn't work out well. So I changed majors and I put down the computer for probably a good 15 years before I picked it up again, probably even more than that. Once I learned what the new technology, and this was before the internet too, 
So we didn't have all those features that the Internet has even now. So once I picked up the computer again in 2011, 2012, and saw all the things that were going on, I just fell in love. I thought this was fantastic. And then just a whole new world opened up to me. So by the time I decided to leave government, it was a stretch. And it's been kind of difficult financially since then, but it's very rewarding on the other end as far as knowledge and networking and the things we're doing. And I'm excited about the future because a lot of the future is based on technology now. Now we have different modes of new technology as far as the metaverse, cryptocurrency, blockchain, augmented reality, virtual reality. I even ran across a company in Texas. They do holograms. So it's going to be a lot of stuff in the next 10 years that we're going to see a lot of amazing things happening. What's kind of the most exciting thing happening in tech for you or what you're most excited about? I think content. I think different technology that's opened up, more advanced technology for content. Lately, I've been on a binge of looking at different like film cameras and other technology on that end with content. I think that we're going to have such a burst of creativity from a lot of different people over the next five years. Social media had a lot to do with that. The advent of social media has shown people that they can be creators and they can produce things for the world to see, even if it's just them getting ice cream or going to the store. The fact that you can create content and have millions, if not billions of people use or watch it or whatever, I think that's a powerful tool. I'm most excited about something like Metaverse because I think that whole realm is going to be such a burst of creativity within and of itself. I'm hearing about a lot of companies are starting to get involved in the metaverse. There's a thing they call the metaverse real estate where you can buy land in the metaverse. So it's basically like you can advertise, you can buy buildings, you can do all these different things. The only thing I'm concerned about, hopefully people won't get away too far from the real world and go and be immersed in this thing till they kind of distort reality. But outside of that, I think it's going to be very exciting for a lot of people. What it's going to do is going to make that creativity see just blossom bloom. I'm very excited, looking forward to a lot of these things happening. It is so fascinating. I had uh, someone, she helps develop technologies in the metaverse, and it's just such a wild concept to me. But it's really cool. I have my VR set, and it's just it's just wild where things are going. So also excited about that. But now, one of my favorite parts about you is that you help startups. How did that kind of become your niche of who you help, especially on like the headhunting and staffing side? And how do you support these startups? And what's your favorite part of working with them? Well, my partner, David Baird, he's the founder of Baird Tech, which I work for. And basically, he had numbers of years of experience working in recruiting. And so when David and I met about a little over four years ago, almost five years ago, and when he was going through his own personal transition into things, he was working for a recruiting firm briefly. And then we came across an opportunity from someone. They asked us if we could help a startup build their staff or hire and things like that which was our first client, still our client today, knock on wood. Once we started our process of helping them find people, then everything started spearheading from that. And then we created our own platform, which we have that's an applicant tracking system where people can create a profile. An employer can also have their own profile on there as well. And we fashioned it to be like a matchmaking kind of outfit. And so once that started going in and we saw success of that, we started getting more contacts from startups. And so if you can believe this, Angela, probably over 90% of our work comes from word of mouth. You know, we don't do any advertising. We do referrals and we do word of mouth and it's going very well so far. We have gotten a lot of great 
feedback, a lot of support, a lot of people who really are impressed by our work and want to do work with us. And referrals are honestly the biggest compliment because they do the work for you. And I love every time we get a referral as well, but that just speaks wonders to how quality of work you're providing. And there's so many things you're worried about, especially on the tech side, like there's the technology side, there's the operation side, there's finance, there's just 5,000 things you have to worry about. And just the piece of finding talent. And it's so expensive. It is so expensive to post on job boards. I mean, we looked at getting a recruiter seat on LinkedIn. Yeah, didn't realize that was $30,000 a year plus, but it's crazy. And you might as well use an agency like yourself to do that. And I think we vibed on this when we uh, first met, but you pride yourself on your honesty and loyalty. And so do I of, I'm not going to send you someone I don't like, or if you're rude to me, I'm not going to push you forward just to get the money out of a client. That's not how we operate. And that's why you've had so many clients for years over you come back. But that's right. I love that. Now, a lot of people, I feel everyone's like, oh, startups and startups and startups. But what is it like, would you say, either working for a startup for job seekers on that end? Because I feel a lot of people, especially in my field, want the big, large enterprise companies, which nothing's wrong with that. But now we're seeing more people interested in startups. So what do you feel, especially having worked big government on one side, is the big difference with working for a startup, so to say? Yeah. So basically, startups are a unique brand, right? Let's just kind of break it out and segue the tech world into the rest of industries. In the tech world, you know, there's a difference between working for a BMOF like a Google Alphabet or Facebook Meta or whatever have you. Startups and every tech company has been a startup. They've started from somewhere, somebody's garage, somebody's basement, somebody's back room. And from the standpoint of looking at the job seekers viewpoint, you have to be willing to understand that in a startup, you may have to have several hats working in one capacity. You may come in as an engineer, but then you may be doing several other things. It's fast paced for a lot of our clients. They're growing rapidly. Thank goodness, knock on wood. So you have to be ready to work and sometimes frenzy pace, sometimes faster than normal pace. And some hours are maybe 40 hour work weeks, maybe 60 hour work weeks. It just depends on the needs of that startup because we have clients that are ranging from anywhere in the health space, the financial space. Some of them have products. One of our clients is doing genomic research. There's a gamut of services that are provided, and that's what makes tech so well-broad and well-defined in this broadness. And so if someone is working for an industry outside of tech, it may be a little bit more of a deeper transition because you're talking about maybe you're working a straight nine to five, and then you're going into a world where you may work more than nine to five. You may work from 10 to eight. You may work from 12 to six, or you may work from home or whatever have you. It's very flexible. The biggest advantage that tech startups have is that they have the flexibility. In most cases, with a lot of our clients, for example, you get pieces of ownership. So you may have an equity kind of thing, you know, maybe 0.1% or something of that nature. But as the company grows, so does your portfolio grow for your own net worth. So it's just a lot of facets that make it challenging and rewarding at the same time. And it is unique and just other options you get within and how cool is it? I mean, the people that have been at Google and Microsoft starting in a garage in a basement or just to say you are part of that first group that's now a bajillion dollar company. So I love that. Now, when you're staffing and when you're helping these startups, what positions are you typically hiring for? Is it a vast range? What kind of levels are you typically hiring for? What kind of talent are you always needing? Well, the other thing I was going to say, I should have mentioned also in the tech world, 
we have seen the gamut of what we call both technical and non-technical roles. So let's say, for example, most people think a tech company is comprised of engineers and scientists and hard science type related people, which they are. But now the tech industry has grown so much until you can be a non-tech person, meaning that you could be a project manager. You could be a business analyst. You could be somebody who likes data. You'd be somebody like a UX UI designer. You can be a content creator. So it just depends on the need of the actual startup. And for us in our outfit, we've touched the gamut as far as placing people. Of course, your developers and engineers, we place from the level of CTOs and VPs of engineering all the way down to junior level developers. But we've also placed scrum masters, business analysts, a data director. We had one earlier this year. And then also like there's been some UX UI people we placed. We basically have covered the gamut in terms of roles within the tech industry. And I love that you pulled that out, that it's not just like traditional tech, like software all the time. I mean, you named a healthcare company, you've named a few other clients you've worked with, but they are focused on technology, which a lot of people I feel don't think about. Now, you got back into tech, of course, like you said, picked up your computer after X amount of years from your government job. But how would you recommend someone that's maybe has this interest in technology, but maybe doesn't have the experience go about either obtaining that experience or breaking into a tech focused role? Well, there are several outfits. Like, for example, what I did was I taught some of that was self-taught for me because I wasn't familiar with a lot of the language, like the front end languages. I've learned HTML, CSS, JavaScript. I went on a website to learn those. I think that Googling, of course, Google is the be a mouth of research in today's climate. I think understanding what the tech industry entails, what you want to do, because now what's wonderful about the tech industry now is that it's actually room for everyone. So no matter whether you're a creative person, whether you're an analyst person, whether you're a technical engineering person, there's a spot for you. And I think for people that are looking to break into the industry, the biggest piece you need to ask yourself is why you're interested in the tech industry. Then the second thing would be, what do you exactly want to do? And I think the biggest thing that's nice about the creativity in terms of controlling your career is instead of you looking at how can I fit the tech industry, how can the tech industry fit me? Because there's a spot for everyone, like I said, and there's opportunities for everyone. You just have to know what's out there and what's going on for you to give a more defined approach of what you're looking for. And the other key is networking, 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 going to meetups, going to happy hours, going to events, going to talks and panels. And there's so many different things you can go and network and establish relationships with people because the biggest key of all of this is establishing relationships and not trying to be transactional. And what we mean by transactional, just don't go to exchange cards to say, hey, can you give me a job? What you want to do is align yourself with people who either have similar values as you do, who like the same things you do, and you can vibe with. Because the one thing that's great about tech startups is that it's team-based. The team building is the most important part. And that's what we do. We help people build their teams. And in building a team, there's what we call the culture fit, which is a cliche now, but rings true to a lot of extent because you got to work with people that like people. You got to work with people that have like minds. You have to do that in order to move forward as a group. So for that being said, I think for job seekers and entry level people in the tech, look at what you want to do, find the people that you like and study, 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 learn as much as you can, because you never know. Some people get into the industry, they don't see themselves as a developer or an engineer, but they may end up taking a coding class, liking it, and become proficient in coding. So you just never know. Possibilities are endless. 
so are the possibilities for your career path too. And I love that you brought up networking because, and I thought this way when I was 20 something years old out of college and thought, oh, I had to, I have to have an established business. I can't go to networking events. I, I have to present something. And that's actually not the case. I mean, there's so many people now that I feel the face of networking has changed and it's, no, you should go meet people. You should make some introductions. And what is it? The six degrees of separation of you're just one person away from someone that can change your life or get you into the career you want. So I love that you brought that up, but we both love networking. We talked about that a lot, but you just never know who's in the same room as you. We were, quick story, I spoke at Westland Tech uh, a few weeks ago just with high schoolers, a few other people from other manufacturing automotive companies volunteered, and one woman left the room, and the people with me, they're like, do you know how big of a deal that woman is? I'm like, I don't know who she is. Like, I haven't met her. They're like, no, like she is a very big deal at whatever company she worked for. So you just never know who you're in the same room with, and it's something I always loved there, which is great. All of you watching and listening, we're here in Michigan, basically. And the thing that's unique about where we are is that there is such a burgeoning ecosystem and people are coming out of different spaces, different places all over the place and coming together. And there's such a camaraderie, there's such an energy of togetherness. And I don't want to make it sound too neuronic, but the energy is picking up because people realize now that you don't have to be in a silo. You don't have to feel intimidated. You can come as you are in this space. And once you do, there's other people who come as they are and you come together. And I think there's a lot of, to be said for that. So I would also implore people, if you're an introvert, there's really no excuse now because we have vehicles like this broadcast. I mean, you can do online virtual conferences. You can go on a Zoom call. You can go on a Google Meet call. Whatever they're having across the world, if they're doing something virtual, you can attend and just listen to the audience and learn and gain from people's stories. A lot of panels, people are talking about their story. Like we're sharing our experiences now. There's plenty of plenty of opportunities to find out what some of the big folks are doing. Like you said, Angela, there's people out there that you wouldn't even know how big they are. And they're just as down to earth when you talk to them. You wouldn't know the difference because they're people, they're human beings like we are. So, so I'm glad you made that point and, and asked the question. Well, and like you talked about within the metaverse, I know there's been some virtual networking events like within the metaverse that I've heard of. I haven't attended one myself, but that's, I feel, is part of the future now of networking for people that are introverted. Or I know there's plenty of events that happen on Twitch or live streams like that. So yeah, like you said, there's not really an excuse to not put yourself out there in some capacity or whatever your comfort level is. You and I are very extroverted and very much can make friends with people, but that's not for everyone. But there's so many other avenues or just message someone on LinkedIn or any other social media channel and get you to where you want to be. So amazing point. I love that you brought that up. Now, when we had first talked, you had told me about a lot of exciting things happening in your world. So I wanted to give you space for that. What is the future, what you're getting into, or is there any new technologies, anything you're building out for Q1 of 2023 that you want to talk about or discuss? Yes, actually, yeah, thank you. So for Bear Tech as an outfit, as a company, people think that we do recruiting only or headhunting only. We're really a tech development company, and the headhunting is part of what we do. We also have helped people build app prototypes. We've also helped them build actual apps going from concept to MVP. We have something that's launching soon that's dealing with children and it's going to be launching in Mexico. So hopefully by the first quarter of next year, it'll be ready for the U.S. market. And I'm going to keep the lid on it right now because once we do it, I'm going to brush it out there and Angela, you'll be one of the first to know about it. 
and we've helped other people as far as develop their ideas. And for me personally, I'm going more into content creation in films and things like that. So I'm excited about 2023. I think that some of the things that we've been working on have been actually pushed back like this children's app. Now that things are starting to open up again and people are getting more comfortable being out in public again, I think 2023, we're going to see a lot of activity, a lot of people doing a lot of great things. People are already doing great things now, but I think something for me, as far as what we're doing, myself and Dave, you know, I think that 2023 will be a good year for us as well. We're working on partnerships. Like, for example, we have a partnership with a venture capital company where we'll be working with their portfolio companies to help with their headhunting and matchmaking. So, you know, there's things like that. And we'll be just probably doing more work and expanding our customer base. And like you said earlier, Angela, probably letting those referrals work for us. The referral world will work on its own. And then we'll be overwhelmed with work. We'll be happy because, you know, that's what we're looking for. And that's what we're pushing to build and scale. That's amazing. Now I'm excited. Now, for anyone that's listening and maybe wants to see when those platforms are ready to go and all the exciting projects, where can they find you? What platforms? What are you going to start posting on in 2023? Where can people find you? Well, for one, we have our own website called Baird Tech, B-A-I-R-D dot T-E-C-H. That's our hub for just if you want to get in contact with us. Our phone number is on there. We also have a contact form. And we're on social media. I live on LinkedIn, basically. So LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I'll be on Instagram soon myself. So those channels are probably the best way to reach us. And also, you can email me, don at baird.tech. That's D-O-N at B-A-I-R-D dot T-E-C-H. So yeah, I mean, just give us a shout. You can also look for Baird Tech on LinkedIn because we have a company page as well. So between our website and LinkedIn, that's probably the best way to reach out to us. Amazing. And my last question as we continue to wrap up, what advice do you have for listeners? What I try to do is look at what is our mission as a company, as individuals. For me, I'll give you an example. So when we reach out for candidates, potential candidates for employers, every time I reach out to someone and talk to them, I have a conversation. I try to tailor it exactly like we're doing now because I was in that seat five years ago. I couldn't find a job anywhere. My bills are getting behind couldn't find anything. And then I got into an area of teaching coding with kids. And so that spearheaded things. And then I met Dave and everything else spearheaded from there. So for me, the issue would be to understand who you are, what your belief system is, what you love doing, and be courageous. Be vigilant in your own career. Don't be afraid to go out and meet people. Don't be afraid to seek the unknown because you never know. Like we've been talking throughout this whole podcast episode. You never know who you're going to meet. You could be standing next to a billionaire, literally. I mean, I've done it myself. And they're just as down-to-earth people as we are. So if anyone that's listening, if you're looking to get into the tech industry, please, please, please research. If you can, try to research enough to hone down what you want to do and really invest in yourself and invest in yourself in a way that speaks to your talents because all of us have gifts and talents. The tech industry is the only place that I know where your gifts and talents can definitely work for you and work for you in the right way. But you have to have that fervor and that energy and that determination to make it happen. And I just feel for all the listeners that are out here, just encourage you. And again, I'm here. You can contact me. The other thing I wanted to say with Bear Tech, also, if you're looking to hire folks, we basically have clients where we are partners to our clients. It's not just about them being our customers. 
we're trying to be a partner with you, helping build your team, build your organization, help you get to scale. Because the number one thing for any organization as a startup that helps in success is investing in people. That's why they call it human resources. Use your human resources to help you achieve the goals you're trying to achieve on a business level. So with that being said, you know, between listeners of owners or creators or whoever you are, if you're interested in tech, by all means, I encourage you. The field is wide open and please, please do pursue the career. That was all facets included in one. That was beautiful. No. And it's so true. I mean, don't stick in a job you're not crazy about. Go back to those childhood passions, make it a full-time job and get something out of it. So I love that. Don, thank you so much. This was a ton of fun. I'm excited to see and we'll have to have you back on next year when you have all these great, wonderful things and projects up and running. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for that. For listeners, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of That's Business. If you're unhappy in your career, schedule a free consultation and visit us at www.theresumerescue.com. Thank you. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, The Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at The Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.